Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Gordon. So excited about our guest today. John Gordon is a husband, a father, an author. His best-selling books and talks have inspired readers and audiences around the world. He's the author of The Energy Bus, Soup, The No Complaining Rule, Training Camp, The Carpenter, and his latest, You Win in the Locker Room First. When he's not running through airports or speaking to businesses, hospitals, or schools, you can find him playing tennis or lacrosse with his wife and two teenage children. John believes in keeping his bio short because his past accomplishments are meaningless. What matters most is he says something today that will inspire you to take action tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. John Gordon, how are you today? Doing great, Chad. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, thrilled to be doing this. I'm really excited to have you. You know, I uh, I first became familiar with, familiar with you about a decade ago when I lived in the Jacksonville area. The energy bus had really begun to take off, and the idea of of positivity you really brought that at the time into the forefront. Can you share with us how did you first become interested in this field? Well. I was really miserable and negative. People think that I'm this positive guy, I'm full of positive energy, but I actually naturally go towards the negative. I have to work really hard at it. I joke, I I grew up in Long Island, New York in a Jewish-Italian family. (laughs) A lot of food, a lot of guilt. So I have to work hard at it. And years ago, I was struggling with my own negativity, my own adversity, my own challenges, and my wife had really had enough of my negativity. So I started to research all these ways I could be more positive. It was in the emerging field of positive psychology at the time. So I started to do all this research and actually started to do some practices to become more positive. And then out of that, I was walking one day and just practicing gratitude and even uh, praying a little bit. And the idea for the energy bus just came to me. Now, I knew I wanted to write and speak. Ken Blanchard was actually one of my heroes. I went to Cornell University. Mm. And so Ken was a professor at Cornell. He went to Cornell. And so he was a legend at Cornell. And (laughs) he was one of my heroes. And I remember thinking, I want to inspire people the way someone like Ken does. I want to do that kind of work. That was in my, my late 20s, early 30s. And so from my own struggles, my own desire to want to write and speak, and then really starting to practice it and then share some of these tips. I started a newsletter. It led me one day to write the energy bus, and mm. that experience would you know, go on to change my life. But it was really out of a journey of trying to be positive myself and then sharing what I've learned with others on this journey. 
you have a lot of similarities. I love that that backstory. You have a lot of similarities with Ken, where you you really embrace the the parable format. I, I when I think about the energy bus, uh, I love uh, one of my favorite quote quotes is "You haven't failed until you until you stop trying," and it kind of speaks to one of my mantras, which is "Nothing is terminal. You just got to keep moving forward." So. You know, when you think about that aspect of, of, of what you're trying to get across, which is just keep moving forward and, and keep at it, why do you think people give up sometimes and why – what is that – is there an internal driver? Can it be taught to just continue to deal with and, and overcome adversity? Well, it's because we have a big picture of what the end result looks like. We, we see the success. We see people who have accomplished great things. But we don't realize how much work, how much heartache, how much suffering, how much pain, and how much struggle that it takes to ultimately realize that picture. So we want the destination, but no one really wants to go through the process. So too many give up, too many quit. But those who keep moving forward, those who ultimately reach that destination and have success, those are the ones who have what we call grit. The research shows, Angela Duckworth's amazing research, University of Pennsylvania, shows that a grit is the number one predictor and factor of success. The ability to work hard for a long period of time towards a goal, to persevere, to overcome, to, to keep moving forward in the face of adversity, failure, rejection, and obstacles. And so on this journey of what you want to create, this grit is what drives you forward. But then what drives grit, right? Because we know yeah. grit drives us. And interestingly enough, it's all the principles that I wrote about in the energy bus, not even knowing that those were the principles of grit. So having a vision for the road ahead, driving with purpose is essential to grit. Optimism and belief and positivity are key components to, to creating a successful life, career, team, and organization. We know that positive teams outperform negative teams. We know that positive organizations, again, same industry, one positive, one negative, that positive one will outperform a negative one. So, so ultimately, uh, that grit keeps us moving forward. So people give up because, again, the struggle, but those who keep moving forward do so in spite of the struggle. I love that, and I, I, I'd like to kind of narrow it down a little bit more, drill down really to the workforce. You know, obviously, and when you look at teams and groups and churches and, and different areas, but specifically to the workforce, how can um, how is that focus on positivity? How can that be so vital um, for, for the day-to-day activities of, of any industry? Well, a great example comes from the Olympics with Michael Phelps. He was being interviewed by Bob Costas, and he was talking about how during training camp, a lot of the guys were complaining and being negative, and he said, you often have that. And he turned to the guys, and he said, hey, guys, we're about to go to the Olympics. We have to do this. He said, so if you have a negative comment, keep it to yourself, because the more positivity we have, the better off we will be. And he said, as soon as he said that, they really became so much closer as a team, and then they started to get going. So positivity for teams, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's offices, the business, it's, it's the glue. It's the glue that connects a team and allows them to perform at a higher level. People in the business world, they often think that positivity is a soft skill, right? And yes, it is a soft skill, but it is something that leads to hard numbers. Mm -hmm. We know that if you invest in the root, you get a great supply of fruit. So positivity is a part of this key ingredient that you use to nourish your soil, nourish your environment, nourish each other, develop relationships 
within the office, within the team, within the leadership team, and that connection then leads to commitment and a higher level of performance. And that's something I've realized. Like in the workplace, something um, – the reason why I've been brought into so many organizations now and, and so many sports teams is that I've become really good at helping teams connect, like mm. to really become a connected team. And right. that is where you see a team perform at a higher level. But where does that connection come from? It comes from positivity, getting rid of that negativity, but it also comes from ways to connect through relationships, through interpersonal communication, and I'm convinced intentional practices that leadership can drive to help build a connected team. So when you talk about intentional practices, give, give us an example of that on, in, in the workforce. I love when a team will, in a staff meeting or in an organizational meeting or a group meeting, when they're getting together to work on a project or maybe work together for the first time or maybe you've been together for a while but you don't even really know each other. I love when each person goes around and shares a defining moment in their life, like why they are the way they are, who they are, and how this defining moment helped lead them to where they are today. I also love the exercise, hero, hardship, and highlight. So who's your hero? Tell us about a hardship. Tell mm. us about a highlight in your life. And when I've done that with organizations and teams, and I did, I've done this with a lot of group of leaders as well, it's amazing, amazing how the walls come crumbling down, the walls of pride mm. and ego and selfishness, and, and, and then that paves the way for vulnerability authenticity, which then leads to meaningful relationships and a strong connection. And you get to really know each other on your team. And you and all the research is showing that you have to have these informal relationships to lead to formal success and and mm -hmm. and a productive results in an organization. So that would be like an intentional way of saying, we're not going to wait for the retreat to do this. We're not going to wait for the offsite. We're not going to wait for the company meeting. Again, you can do it during those times, but we're going to really connect as a team and come together as people. I love that. That's a, that's a, and, and when you think about getting teams together, you're right. It, it, the people, does it, can we actually be where we want to be and excel at the level we want to excel? Do we have to wait for the offsite to do that? And what you're saying is, no, if you actually bring that to work tomorrow, you can actually start being a better team yes. without having to get together and, and uh, get out in the woods and do some rope, rope training courses. You can actually take this to the workforce tomorrow. And you can also say, okay, what's our vision? What's our vision as a team? What are we working on? And then each person goes around and shares what their vision is for the bigger vision and how they can contribute to it each day. So now each person is identifying how they're going to contribute to this bigger vision of what they're trying to create. And once you do that, you enhance engagement, you get yeah. buy-in, and you build a positive team. Well, leaders have to remember, and especially in folks in leadership development and also in HR, is that we're very tribal in nature. As, as, as human beings, we're very tribal. So we have to do things that get the team on the bus together. And then people have to be invited on the bus. You're really asking them to get on. It's why we send out invitations to an event or to a wedding or you know, a bar mitzvah or a birthday party, whatever it is, you're inviting people to get on. So we have to make sure that we're inviting people. They have to feel like they are part of the process. And then from there, they can contribute to that each day. 
You've written so many great books. We, we're really been talking about the Energy Bus, 10 Rules to Fuel Your Life, Work, and Team with Positive Energy. I, I just implore our listeners to, to pick that up if you're not familiar with John Gordon. It's such a it's a great read. It's it's uh, it's got such great information. And it's a great entry into into your style and and uh, and you have so many other you have such a, a strong cadence of the books you put out. Another one that that uh, that Ken also wrote the forward to is is uh, is the Carpenter, and that's that's got it's got a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on it more. Uh, a lot of people are, are talking about that. Let's dive into that one a, a bit. So let's talk about The Carpenter, what you're trying to get across to your readers with that, that book. What's the message? Sure. Well, first I have to share that. When I, when I wrote that, I shared it with Ken. I sent it to him, and I'll never forget. I got to call it like 4 in the morning from Ken, and he, le- he left a voicemail. He had tears in his eyes, and he just said that the book really touched him so much. It was the most special email, special voicemail, special call I've, I've ever received. I will never forget it. And it just was so special because Ken is someone who I've always looked up to. He is a pioneer in the field of, of leadership. He is a legend, a hero, and he's someone who just believed in me before I even believed in myself. He wrote the forward to the energy bus and the carpenter. And so to, to have someone like Ken, you know, get touched by something that I wrote was just truly a memorable moment. But I think this book is special because it's, it's really about our journey as we're trying to build this masterpiece that we call our, our work, our life, our team, our family. And so whatever that masterpiece is for you, there's a set of principles that help you be successful. So this is a book about the greatest success principles of all. And it's about this this guy was trying to build a business with his wife. It's a startup business, and he and his wife run the company. She's really the brains behind the business, as as most often the case, right? <laughs> and uh, and and so in that in that mode, uh, he's struggling, gets you know collapses on a run, and then turns out this carpenter is actually someone who saved his life. Finds his card in the hospital. Someone he left his card with someone. And it just says Carpenter and a phone number on it. Calls up the Carpenter, and then from there, he meets him and then begins to learn these principles to build his business in a better way. Something that doesn't sacrifice his health. Something that doesn't drain him, where he can be driven to love and serve and and care. And so, you know, I just heard from a company recently. I'm, I'm going to speak at their big conference, and they've actually now. Uh, adopted the carpenter as their their whole framework for customer service and for how they care. See, caring really is a strategy. It is a key way to build a successful business. So those who actually care and care more stand out in a world where most don't care. So in a world where we talk about you know building our business, here's the deal: don't focus on building your business. Focus on using your business to love, serve, and care, and your business will exponentially grow. So what is your caring trademark as a business? It's something that I love to ask businesses and help them find what their caring trademark is. So I want to challenge you just a little bit on that because there's, as you and I both know, there's lots of industries um, from startups to Wall Street to everything in between. And you know, some people may turn a, you know, turn their nose up and say, "Oh gosh, you know, love, serve, and care." That wouldn't, that wouldn't work here. That won't work over there. Do you feel like it can work everywhere in every industry? Oh, very much so. I believe in every industry. If we love what we do, and we love our team, that's what leadership is all about. That's what Ken talks about. Love, right? Yeah. It's what Southwest Airlines is based on, and so many other companies. If we love what we do and we love others. We make it our point to serve our team, servant leadership, and then as a company, we're here to serve our clients. 
you take care of your clients. You serve them. They will go out of their way to, to, tell, to tell others about you, to talk about you, to, to sing your praises. And then you show you care. Are you kidding me? I mean, Comcast has had so many problems in the issue in the past, one of their main issues. And now you can see Comcast has this whole caring initiative going on as a company. Because if, if you don't care, eventually you're going to lose your customers. In a race to the bottom of, of margins, right, there are some that are focused on margins in business. But I would argue some companies, that's how they show they care, by having the cheapest price, right? Yeah. But only right. one can win that that war. Only one can win that battle of the cheapest price. So I would argue that you have to find other ways that you show you care and stand out in the marketplace. For instance, Les Schwab Tires. When you go into a Les Schwab mm -hmm. Tire Center on the West Coast, they come sprinting out to greet you. Hmm. They, yeah. You get out of your car and there they are waiting for you. I mean, it wouldn't work in New York City, but it works great where they are. And so they're basically saying, hey, we will hustle and do whatever it takes to earn your business. Public supermarkets, right? They show they care by when you don't know where something is and you ask one of their employees, they take you to the spot on the shelf and show you where it is. Some places just say, aisle nine, good luck, man. But these people <laughs> take you to the spot and show you. And so, again, there's different ways that business can, can stand out and show they care. Zappos offers you know, free delivery and free returns. That's one of the ways that they show they care. So I'm not telling people how to care. I'm telling them to find out their unique proposition of caring. This podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, and there's a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization, go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. And they have a special offer right now. Send an email to podcast at KenBlanchard.com with leader chat in the subject line. Now through the end of summer of 2018, one grand prize winner chosen randomly will receive a free one-on-one -on -one call with Ken Blanchard. Five others will receive a signed copy of Ken's latest book, Servant Leadership in Action. So uh, just a real check-in with our, our listeners. You're listening to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Our guest today is John Gordon, best-selling author and keynote speaker. John, we're not related, so in case people <laughs> wonder how I got you. Gotcha. Actually, I'm not sure. We'll need to do we this. Might be. We might I, be. I, yeah, maybe somewhere down the line. So, um, so I'm going to ask you a, 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 some more specific questions about our audience. So our listening audience is, is going to be made up a lot of, of people in the learning and talent development functions in their organization. So when, when you think about what you do and, and what they do on a day-to-day, -day, uh, uh, you know, their jobs, what are some of the natural connections between um, what you focus on and the goals they might be trying to achieve in that L&D role? Well, there's so much synergies. I mean, it's, it's, there's so many synergies. It's all about leadership development. I mean, what I'm about is inspiring, empowering, and developing positive leaders. My mission is positive leadership, helping leaders become more positive. We have a, a driver of positive change program that helps managers become better leaders. So we have all these frontline managers who are, who are in a position of leadership, leading people, but they, they don't really know how to lead. So our whole focus is helping them become better leaders so that they can lead their, their teams and their organization. Most change initiatives fail because of the people who are driving the change, not necessarily the ideas, not the change. It's the people driving the change because they don't know how to communicate, connect, commit, and care with their teams. So what we do is we help leaders become better leaders. We help managers become better leaders, and we help – uh, managers and leaders create environments where everyone in the organization 
could do their best work. So we help them create the culture where people do their best work. So I'm sure as I'm saying this, you're thinking, yes, there's, there's so many synergies on, yeah. on, on what we do and how we do it and working together. And it's those people in talent and leadership development who you, I believe you have to have talent, but we know that character drives talent to greatness. We know that training and developing the talent that you have is how, is how you help a team be great. We know that a connected team will beat a team that maybe has more talent, but that's not as connected. So if you have a connected, committed team, maybe not as much talent, that team will perform at a higher level because they're more connected. I often say that team beats talent when talent isn't a team. So every, all the work that we do is really falls into that, uh, that domain. What do you think when you're walking uh, into organizations, what do you think is probably one of the, the biggest mistakes that, uh, that they're making when, when it comes to how they're serving their people? Well, first and foremost, one of the biggest mistakes in general is as leaders in organizations, we don't confront the negativity that exists. We actually allow negativity to exist rather than dealing with it, looking, mm. looking at it from the source. Sometimes it's our fault as leaders, so yeah. we have to do something about it. Sometimes it's a member of the team who's being really negative. There's someone I call an energy vampire, and we have to confront it and deal with that. So first and foremost, we don't deal with the negativity that exists. We allow it to persist, and then ultimately it starts to sabotage our team, our culture, and our organization. So we have to make sure we deal with that. As, at a leadership level and as a team level, we don't communicate enough. One of my theories, and I believe it plays out all the time, is where there's a void in communication, negativity will fill it. So we always have to make sure that we're filling the void with communication. It, it may not always be positive, right? But we have to fill that void with communication to make sure that that void doesn't happen and negativity doesn't breed and grow. So as leaders, we've got to make sure we're communicating better. Most relationships, teams, and even marriages break down because of poor communication. So I'm really big on helping leaders and teams communicate better, and that's something where we fall short as well. So really, that's one thing um, you would say that if people could, could take back to the workforce today uh, after they listen to this podcast is, is just to stop that cycle of negativity. Yes, and making sure that you communicate and connecting so that the cycle doesn't breed and grow. So communication and connecting is the way you solve it, the way you deal with it, and ultimately the way you head off. You know, again, my ideas are really simple. They're not very complicated. And sometimes people think, oh, well, then it must not be very valuable because it's so simple. No, the fact that it's simple means it's powerful. And then you can implement it, and you find that it's the simple things that actually lead to big results. So I have worked with, again, a lot of NFL teams, NBA teams. I've worked with Major League Baseball teams. A lot of these coaches will call me to help them be better leaders and help them develop their teams and the connection among their teams. Same thing in a corporate America, right? But, but I have found, again, whether it's businesses or sports, getting them just to even communicate better. We see so uh, many positive benefits from doing that and a lot of productivity and performance enhancements. So let's let's drill down a little bit more on on that that piece of, of of the negativity and kind of changing that and enhancing conversation. So obviously, you know, we all know that there's different personality style, communication styles. People have different you know modes of of how they deal with conflict. So when you actually have to 
to have that conversation with somebody. Is, is there a strategy that you could put into place for somebody if, uh, to help them in the workplace uh, deal with some of those uh, tough conversations initially just to kind of put a stop to it? Yeah, I believe. Well, first and foremost, you have to earn the right to constructively criticize someone. You have to mm-hmm. make sure that you've taken the time to develop a relationship with that employee, with that team member to help them be better. So if you just approach them and you're giving them a hard time or, you're, you know, or they're perceiving it that way without having taken the time to invest in a relationship, it's not going to be taken as well. So first and foremost, it's taking the time to invest in those relationships. It's mm-hmm. also about having a dialogue where they know that you're here to help them grow that you are, I call it a come with me teammate or a come with me leader. Hey, come with me. Let me show you how we do it here. Come with me. Let me show you what this looks like. Come with me and let's work on this together. So instead of just telling them what to do and, you know, Ken talks about the eagle and the ducks, you know, and instead of coming in and, you know, just come in and, and, and just, you know, spewing off over everyone, you make sure you come in and you're there for them. And then you can step away and they can come back to you or you go back to them and then you can debrief and see how it's going. So it's really a, almost like a, a parenting coaching style of, of leading your team where you're there investing in them through the relationship, but from there you can help them grow. I love that. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up here. One more big question for you. And as you think about our listeners, you think about um, they've taken the time to to hear this. What's the one thing? What's that one nugget that you want them to take away from our conversation today? Wow. I would say it's that relationships are the foundation upon which winning teams are built. And when when I I work with leaders and teams, I will ask them, how many of you, you know, feel like you're investing enough time and energy into your relationships? On a scale of 1 to 10, how well are you communicating with your teams? And almost everyone says that they're falling short. I would say 99.9% say they're falling short. We all are because we're dealing with the busyness and stress of life. And when we are busy and stressed and in fear mode, we are not in love mode. And so we're, at, we're not able to develop the relationships we need and that they need to help them be their best. We're just all about survival. And if you're about your own survival, you can't be a great leader. So you have to make sure that you are helping your team thrive. And that requires love. It requires communication. It requires investment in the relationship that makes them better. But here's the great thing. I want to leave people with this. When you take the time to invest in those relationships and develop leaders who invest in those relationships. When you take the time to do that, you not only help your team grow, but then you grow as a leader. I have found that the more you serve your team, you are actually serving your own growth in the process because you grow actually the most. I love that. I, and I, anybody that's listening to this and doesn't just feel that energy coursing through their headphones or however they're listening to it right now, you're, I can, uh, the energy bus, it definitely flows through you. Uh, you've, 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 uh, very much motivated me. I love the thoughts, uh, and I so appreciate the time you've taken with us today. So as, uh, as we wrap this up, where can people find you online? Where's a good place to get started if they want to connect with, uh, with John Gordon? Just johngordon.com, J O N Gordon.com. And then at Twitter is at J O N Gordon. 11, J-O-N Gordon 11. And if anyone wants to email me, info at 
johngordon.com. I have a team, but I do see all the emails that come in, so I'll make sure that I, you know, I look for emails when people respond uh, to anything I shared here, and I'm open to feedback. I love sharing ideas or thoughts, comments, love hearing and interacting with people. I believe we're all teachers and students, and uh, as a student, I learned so much from Ken, and now I feel honored that I get to share with the people listening today. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your, your insights. So much to, that we covered today and, and so many great nuggets that I think people can go right back. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. It's a real joy for me to respond and comment on John Gordon's session. As you could tell, uh, he and I are soulmates. You know, we really believe the same things. And and I, I love the energy bus. That's why I wrote the forward to it, because... What he's really saying is that the key to a great team is being positive and uh, that, uh, you know, connected, positive teams uh, will always outperform talented teams who are not connected because uh, they're not positive. And, and uh, I, I just think that that is so important. And then he really drives that home when you get to the book, The Carpenter, you know. And boy, I say, if you all will remember the three key things, which is love, which you got to love what you do and you got to love your team. And then the whole concept of serving, you got to serve your team and you got to serve your customers. You know, and I always talk about servant leadership is that the leadership part is about vision and direction and goals. And and the, the hierarchy has got to be responsible, even though you involve people. Then you turn that pyramid upside down and you're serving your people. And I think that's really what's so important. And then the final thing he says in there is care, because you get some people who go through the motions of serving, but it's not in their heart, and it comes off as phony. You can always tell a salesperson who really cares about people versus somebody, you know, you know, no, no problem or my pleasure, and they're just repeating uh, words. And uh, so... Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's really fabulous. He was saying that character drives talent, uh, and that a connected team uh, beats a talented team anytime. Uh, and uh, and remember what he talked about with the big mistakes. And I want to end with that. He said, "Is when you don't confront negativity." And he said, "A lot of times negativity occurs because you don't communicate enough. In the void of communication, negativity comes." But remember uh, two things, finally. Relationships is the foundation of what great teams are built on. I mean, that's just so important. And the final one is that uh, anytime you reach out to uh, serve and care and invest time in your people, you know what? It comes back 
to serve you and make you better. It's a win-win. If you take care of your people, they'll take care of you, and the whole thing is a win. So uh, thank you, John. And boy, listen to this tape a lot. Pass that around to people on your team. I think it's just fabulous. Fabulous.